0: We are in the middle of perhaps the most difficult year that we've ever faced in our lifetime. Uh, We've gone from a global pandemic to months and months of quarantine uh, to the horrific death of George Floyd at the hands of law enforcement. In the middle of our city, there has been nonstop protesting and there's also been a great deal of, of rioting and violence and looting. And we are now at a point across our nation where every state is experiencing protesting whether it's Los Angeles or New York or Houston or Seattle, people are, are angry. They're frustrated. Um, they 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 feel, in some ways, paralyzed. And and there's a need for us to have a conversation as a society, as a nation, uh, about racism and social injustice. And and there is so much change that all of us, I'm convinced, long to see happen in our nation. And and I'm so grateful for the the context for conversation that we're in right now. But I also know that I am so tired. It just seems as if we have faced one challenge after another challenge after another challenge. And if you're like me, you're almost at your emotional and psychological and spiritual max. You have found yourself in the middle of a crowd and you can't work your way through, which by the way, has been one of my great nightmares in my life. Have you ever been trapped in the middle of a crowd I remember so many times as a small child, just trying to press myself through the crowds that were walking down the streets. And, and I, I would feel suffocated, just trying to find my way through. I have a sense that across our nation, so many of us feel the same way, that um, we're, we're suffocating from the overwhelming sense of injustice where we're struggling with this sense of, of, of desperation. Can our future be different than our past? And, and then for those of us who are people of faith, we, we the, the big question comes, God, what are you doing in the middle of all of this? Challenge after challenge, crisis after crisis, conflict after conflict, and, and then if it we're not challenging enough, there are those who want to seize the opportunity of genuine protests and and genuine uh, acts of of, of um, demanding justice and, and and a different kind of future. There are those who use these moments to bring havoc and rioting and to bring destruction and and to bring chaos. And and we recognize that in the middle of this moment, we are bombarded with images and thoughts and positions. and, and, and And I wonder how many of us right now are just saying, God, where are you in the middle of all of this? God, where are you in the middle of all the chaos? Where are you in the middle of my own frustration, my own pain, my own exhaustion, my own fear, my own sense of paralysis? I want us to look together at a particular passage of scripture. It's in the book of Ephesians chapter two. Because I want us to look at what Jesus is doing in the middle of all of this. I don't want you to miss that God is here with us right now. He's not somewhere off at a distance watching what's happening here on our planet. He's not simply observing the protests and observing uh, the, uh, the violence. He's not just simply observing uh, the chaos. He's in the middle of the chaos. He's in the middle of the conflict. He's in the middle of the crisis. And, and he's in the middle of it because he carries his concerns and they are your concerns and your concerns are his concerns. Let me read in Ephesians chapter two, beginning in verse 13. The scriptures tell us, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away, their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we have both access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole body is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. I want you to go back to verse 16 with me just for a second. It says, his purpose. Have you ever just stopped and asked yourself, what is God doing? What is God's thinking behind this? What is God's purpose? in the midst of all the mayhem, all the chaos, all the crisis, all the conflict. What is God trying to accomplish? Here it is. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he puts to death their hostility. So whatever else is happening in your life and whatever else is happening in the world around you, You can know when it seems that God is silent, you can't understand what God is doing. You can know that God always has the same purpose. God is always intent on creating one new humanity out of the two. Now, of course, when Paul is talking about the two, he's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. But you can translate that to every and any culture in the world. He's saying he's going to take us and them. He's going to take who we are and who they are, whoever you are and whoever they are. And he's going to eliminate the line that divides between us and them, between you and me, and make us one, a new humanity. So I want us to go back up to verse 13 and I want us to just follow through and see how God moves in human history. Because sometimes it feels like, the world is just on hold. And I got to tell you, for the last three months, I, I feel like God just stopped the hourglass and the sand has stopped in midair and time has ceased moving forward. I don't know how many of you just uh, don't even know what day it is, what, what time it is, what hour it is, what week it is, what month it is. I I don't even know when it was the last time I actually cared about what the date was because it feels as if we're in the moment where time is standing still. We're in the middle of this this bizarre twilight zone moment where we're stuck between the past and the future in a present all of this hope will end soon and you might ask yourself God where are you in the middle of all of this God what are you doing in the middle of all this injustice, in this moment of conversation about racism, God, what are you doing? This moment where we saw this this uh, nearly nine-minute video of of the brutal killing of, of George Floyd, when when we're having to question our, our trust and respect for for uh, civil government, when people are wondering can we trust the uh, law enforcement, and and then we have so many good men and women who have taken on the uniform and taken up the badge and, and 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 have risked their lives to protect us and to protect and to serve and then they get thrown into this large generalization of corruption and 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 it's so easy to choose a polar extreme and be against everyone on the other side. We're so inclined to divide between the two, to be us and them. Are you on my side or their side? Are you, in, uh, you know, on, in my camp or their camp? If you're not with me, you're against me. And yet what we can know is that every single time we have a moment in history where we are polarized, where we are divided, where there is division and conflict and hostility, what God is doing is he is taking all the material of our brokenness, all of the fragmentation all of the division and god is working to create one new humanity what jesus is doing right now i want you to see with me in verse 13 it says but now in christ jesus you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of christ you can know that that no matter what's going on in the world that god is always bringing us closer that what God is doing right now in your life and in my life and us as a culture and society is that we are being brought near. Whether you are far from God or near to God, what God is trying to do is trying to get your attention and pull you close to him. He's trying to help us to see that we cannot solve the human problem without him. How many years, how many decades, how many centuries, how many generations of evidence do we need That humanity cannot solve the human problem alone. That what creates violence and conflict, injustice, that the material from which racism and bitterness and murder comes from is the human heart. And what Jesus is doing in the middle of all this, he's trying to peel away all the facade that everything is okay that everything is fine, that we don't really have any problems. And and if you've been living with this perspective, we do not need God, I hope this moment has awakened you to the reality that we desperately need someone to change the core of the human condition. And what Jesus is doing, he's not simply trying to draw us near to himself, which, by the way, he is doing, but he's also trying to draw us near to each other. You who were once far away, And you who are near are being brought together by the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross. Right now, this is a moment when you're feeling desperate, when you feel alone, when you feel frustrated, when you feel angry. This is a moment to allow that fuel to pull you in the direction of God. And when you move in the direction of God, you always move in direction of people. You cannot move close to Jesus and move against humanity. You cannot move toward the love of God and not be filled with a love for humanity. In fact, Jesus tells us that the proof of all of this is not that you love the people who love you and not that you love your friends, but that you love your enemies. So right now, the best proof that you're allowing God to work in your life in this moment is if the love of God is actually compelling you to love the person who disagrees with you, who does not vote with you, who does not rally with you, who does not protest with you, who does not stand with you. Can you love the person who stands on the other side? What Jesus is trying to do is he's trying to grab us from every extreme and every place and deal with the issue of our hearts, and bring us together. We're being brought near. But I want you to go down with me in verses 14 and 15. It says, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier and the dividing wall of hostility. What we can know that Jesus is doing, he's not only bringing us near, but he's destroying the walls and barriers. It goes on, let me just read verses 15 and 16 and come back up, it says, by by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. Jesus is working to destroy the barriers that divide us. Isn't it amazing how good we are at creating walls? We are so creative at creating walls of division, it, 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 whether it's it's race or color, whether it's ethnicity or nationality, whether it's gender or, 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 or political um, um, persuasion. It's amazing how we can take any difference and use it as a justification for why we're against someone and why they're not for us. Jesus came to destroy every wall that divides us. He came to destroy the barriers that separate us for he himself is our peace who has made the two groups one. One of the things I love about Mosaic and I've always admired about our community over the last 30 years is that we didn't need anyone to tell us that what the church should look like is all the nations of the world coming together. We didn't need a a moment for it to become politically correct or, 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 or social pressure. We always knew this is who the church was supposed to be. I love the fact that mosaic has always been a community that has been incredibly integrated—from Asian and Latino, from African American to Caucasian—and and it's not just in those broad strokes. I mean, we, we we've had people on our staff, on our leadership team, a part of our elders from from Burmese to Filipino to Japanese to Chinese to Mexican to Salvadoran to um, South American, and, and and it's it's amazing the uh, incredible diversity in our community, from both African-Americans and Africans who have moved to America, our team and our community has always been a reflection of God's heart. And we know that whenever Jesus is working, he's dividing all the barriers. He's breaking down all the walls. He's removing everything that divides us and separates us. And I love this phrase, he makes us into one new humanity. When Jesus is moving in the middle of all this, and I'm telling you, in the middle of all of this, Jesus is bringing us together. In the middle of all of this, Jesus is destroying the barriers and the dividing walls that separate us. In the middle of all of this, Jesus is ending the hostility. You can't see it right now, but that's because there's so much smoke that's being created by the fire. But I'm telling you, the moment you begin to see the light of day, the moment things begin to clear away, you're going to begin to see that Jesus is ending the hostility. And what has to happen sometimes is that there has to be a moment of righteous indignation, a moment of, of righteous anger, a moment where we all stand up and say, every single human being has value. Every person must be treated with dignity. We have to speak into those moments where those who have no voice know that we are their voice. Those who are not seen know that we have seen them. We are the people that God has chosen to stand in the gap for those who need someone to desperately stand there for them. But I I want you to know that what Jesus is doing, he's not trying to accelerate the hostility. Jesus is ending the hostility between us by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, we're told. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity. That's who we're becoming. You know, I've always been fascinated with genetics and DNA testing, and, and, and maybe it's because I never really knew who my real father was, and, and I've always wanted to know who his parents were and who his family were, and, 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 and I don't have a lot of clarity even on my mom's side what our genetic background is. So I, I, I loved years ago the opportunity to, to uh, take that 23 Me um, DNA test and, and let you know more about who you are and where you come from and what peoples of the world are in your blood, and it's always been fascinating to me. And what is so interesting to me is as I look at the compilation of myself, I have the whole world living inside of me. In my genetic code, there are Native American and, and, and then there's uh, Iberian European and there's um, African and there's Middle Eastern. And I don't think there's any expression of this planet from Asian to, um, to African that isn't inside of my blood. And I wonder how many of us keep, thinking that we're different than everyone else, and we actually need to start thinking how much the same we are with everyone else. I mean, all of us, no matter who you are or where you come from, we're all 99.5% exactly the same. And if you trace our ancestry back, we all come from the same man and the same woman. And if you're a follower of Jesus and you believe the Scriptures, It means if you go back far enough, we all have the same relative with Adam and Eve. We are all the same family. And even though hostility between family began so early with Abel and Cain, that was never God's intention for us. He always intended for us to fight for each other, not against each other. If you want to know what Jesus is doing in the middle of this moment, in the middle of the crowd, in the middle of the chaos, In the middle of the violence, he's ending the hostility. He's going to teach us how to love. He's going to teach us how to forgive. He's going to teach us how to value one another and to put another above ourselves. I look for everywhere where where God is bringing people together because I know that's the fingerprint of God everywhere. I look for the places where the dividing walls are being taken down, where the barriers are being destroyed, because I know that's the work of God in the world. I look for everywhere where Jesus is ending the hostility, where people who have been filled with anger and bitterness forgive for the first time, where those who have wronged others ask for forgiveness and humility. I I look for the end of hostility. When human beings move toward peace, I know they're being moved by God, and they're moving in the direction of Jesus. And I want you to go down with me also in verse 17. I want you to see what Jesus is doing ultimately in the middle of all of this is he's creating a new humanity verse 17 says he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near for through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit I I, I don't think it's incidental that here Paul uses the name father for God because he wants us to understand that that what God is doing when he's calling us all to himself, is that he's making us one family. He's actually creating a new humanity. All the way back to the Tower of Babel, it seems, we've been divided and separated and and warring against each other. But I want to challenge us us right now to, to stop looking for everything that divides us and start looking for those things that unite us. To stop looking for those things that 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 make us different in the wrong ways, and to start celebrating our differences, so that we can actually celebrate the beauty and creativity of diversity, and know that God has made us this way because God loves to be creative. It's it's not just with human beings. I mean, when when I look at the flowers all around us, it's it's extraordinary the the variety of color and aroma and. And design. I mean, God could have, could have just created one flower, and and He could have stopped from there. I mean, after all, a rose by any other name is still a rose, right? But but why aren't roses the only flowers? Aren't they the perfect expression? No, not if you love daffodils or marigolds or maybe irises or or maybe you just love junipers or you love the aromas of um, and fragrances of different flowers, and you realize God is so creative. You not only creates different colors and different designs, with different aromas. And, you know, some people, they just are drawn to the aroma of chocolate or the coffee, or they're drawn to the aroma of citrus or lavender. And, and, and wouldn't it have been a, just a terrible thing? It would have been so sad if God had just created one aroma, cardboard, one flavor, brown rice, and then decided that was enough. Even if it had been the best flavor and the best aroma, and the best color. We would have still lacked the extraordinary beauty of diversity. I think it's a beautiful thing that humans are different. I think it's a beautiful thing that somehow the the different places we come from, the different environments that we have survived and fought through, have shaped the uniquenesses of who we are. I think it's a beautiful thing that some people have brown eyes and some have blue eyes, some have green eyes. And and like my stepfather, some people have one green eye and one blue eye. And, and I think it's a beautiful thing that people have blonde hair and red hair and black hair and brown hair and no hair. And it's a beautiful thing that we're short and tall, that we're we're darker and lighter. It's a beautiful thing that human beings look different. Why do we have to use our differences as the dividing lines of love, the wall that separates us from compassion and concern from justice and goodwill. God is creating a new humanity. And by that, God is not saying he's going to standardize us and make us all the same. God is creating a new humanity, a humanity that is not representative of standardization and conformity or cloning, this new humanity will be beautifully diverse, creatively different, and we will all be able to celebrate the beauty and wonder of what makes us all unique. Jesus came into human history so that he could give us a new future. He came and became a picture to us of a new humanity. So he could give us a vision of who we could become, of who we must become. In the middle, it gets confusing. In the middle, it feels muddled. In the middle, it feels overwhelming. In the middle, you might feel as if you're suffocating. In the middle, you might start getting claustrophobic. In the middle, you might start worrying that God is not present. In the middle, you might begin to question your faith. In the middle, you might have some doubt and some fear. But I want you to know that Jesus is standing in the middle with you right now. We're gonna come through this. We're gonna step into a better future, a better day, a better tomorrow. But I do not want you to wait until then to find hope. I don't want you to have to wait until then to find some joy. I do not want you to wait till then to find meaning and purpose in your life because God never relinquishes his purpose, which means God is always working with intention in your life. And while there are those who use this moment to justify acts of violence, Let's not get confused between the few who would accelerate the discord, who want to bring more division, more violence, more hatred. Overwhelmingly, what's happening across our nation, across our world, are people saying, we want every human being treated with dignity. We want to live in a world where a person is not judged by the color of their skin. We want a world where everyone has respect and knows love. We want a world where we have complete confidence in, in law enforcement and that every person who carries a badge and who has sworn their lives to serve and to protect do that regardless of our economic status or the color of our skin. We want a world where all of us can hold our heads high with, with a sense of honor and dignity, that the way we would expect to be treated, everyone is treated. And whenever you see that world forming, you can know that's Jesus working in the midst. I want you to see just one last thing with me, because when God is working in the middle of these moments, and I think so many times when you're a follower of Christ and you're a part of the church, you're like, what do we do? You know, what's our posture? What's our position? And I want you to see, look at verse 19 what God is doing in the middle of all of this. He says, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together To become a dwelling in which God lives in his spirit. When when there are these moments where human beings are expressing the worst of themselves, God is always pulling out of us the best of us. In, In the middle of a world where people want to move toward violence and hatred and bitterness and destruction... You can always know those who are embracing the message and movement of Jesus because they are fighting for justice and peace and dignity and respect. And what we can know is that God uses these moments not only to create a new humanity, God uses these moments not only to destroy the dividing barriers and walls, Not only uses these moments to to pull us close, to bring us near to him, but God uses these moments to establish the church as his presence in the world. So oftentimes people go, where is God in the middle of this? Where is God in the middle of the crisis? Where is God in the middle of the chaos? And I want you to know that we who are followers of Jesus are the hands and feet of God. We are the lips of God and the eyes of God, the ears of God. And when people feel we hear them, they have a sense that God is listening. When people sense that we see them and value them. They have a sense that God sees them and values them. When we are there and we're standing at someone's side and loving them and standing with them and bringing hope and and compassion, when we're serving and caring for people, they have the overwhelming realization that it is God who is there for them. God is never absent from any place where his people are present. We know that God is everywhere, but God manifests himself through his people throughout human history. I think the imagery is so beautiful. See, we're no longer strangers and aliens. We're no longer foreigners and outsiders. There's no longer an us and them. We're all fellow citizens with God's people and we're also members of God's household. God is making us family, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Jesus Christ Himself as the chief cornerstone. In Him, the whole building is being joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in Him, you two are being built together to become a building in which God lives in His Spirit. So many people have been asking me, "When are we going to come back to church? When, when do we get to worship together in the building?" and Let me tell you, the day we can do that fully and beautifully and the way we know we we need to do it and we must do it, I'm going to just celebrate that day. We can have thousands of people come back together and stand side by side and sing and worship and hug and clap and enjoy life together. Man, it's going to be a beautiful day. But I don't want you to miss it. The church is still being built because the church is not a building. The church is a people. The church is a movement and God is building us together to be his dwelling. We are that temple that Jesus talked about. And nothing but nothing can stop this building. Nothing can stop this temple. Nothing can stop this movement because nothing can stop the church from being the church. And especially in times of crisis, in times of conflict, in times where people are struggling and wondering what in the world is going on, this is when it's so important for us to be the church in the world. So wherever you are, in whatever way you can, in whatever capacity you're able, find some way, and especially if you can do it with some other people, to serve those who feel as if God has left them, who bring compassion, who don't know that God loves them, to find a way to be the hands and feet, to be the eyes and ears, the lips of God. And I am so proud of Mosaic. It just seems like every single time there's an opportunity to be present and to bring hope, to bring a message of of purpose and value to people. Our community has been there. And if you don't know what to do, well, it does begin by praying. Now, I know a lot of people demean saying, oh, well, we're sending our thoughts and prayers. But you know, the people who really demean that are the ones who don't know the power of prayer. And if you know the power of prayer, here's where you start. Start praying. Pray for people. Pray for people that you have a hard time loving. Pray for people that you disagree with. Pray for people that that you you feel are are making things worse. Pray for everyone in your life and, and use your connection to God That's a connecting point. Some people don't even know how to pray for themselves. And one of the greatest gifts you can give them is to pray for them. And beyond praying, then listen. Because when you pray, a lot of times you think praying is just talking to God. But praying is all about listening to God. And as you listen to God, pay attention as God brings people's names on your heart to reach out to them. God may actually bring someone to the very core of, of your experience. And, and you'll wonder, why did I think of that about that family or that person or those people when I haven't thought about them in a while? And you need to pay attention to what God may be saying to you. And you need to reach out to those people, whether through a text or an email or a phone call and see if they're okay and see if there's a way you can help them. Find ways to serve. And there's always a way to serve. And, and, and sometimes it's not the way you want because you know serving isn't about doing what you want. Serving is about doing what people need. So pay attention to what's needed and find a way to be a part of meeting those needs. And I think maybe most importantly, what you bring to the world is who you become. So while you're in the middle, while you're in the middle of all this chaos, while you're in the middle of all this confusion, while you're in the middle of of crisis after crisis after crisis, make sure that you are so deeply connected to Jesus that you are full of hope, that you are full of love, that you are full of faith, that you are fully alive because you cannot give to the world what you do not have. Jesus is working in the middle of all of this. And the reason he's not defined by the circumstances is because who he is is more powerful than what's going on around him. And this is my prayer for you, that who you are will be more powerful than the moment you're in. You may be standing in the middle, but maybe being in the middle is exactly where God wants you so that you can bring the greatest amount of change possible. Jesus stepped into human history. God himself took on flesh and blood and walked among us. He chose to walk in the middle. He walked in the middle of the crowd. He walked in the middle of our violence. He walked in the middle of our hostility. And he allowed himself to be taken captive, to be beaten, to be humiliated, to be tortured, to be killed. He allowed himself to be crucified on the cross so that when he died in the middle of all of our pain, in the middle of all of our anger, in the middle of all of our hostility, he might bring it all to an end. He took all the darkness of the human heart upon himself so that through his resurrection, he might create in us one new humanity. I wonder if right now it's time for you to leave the old humanity behind and become a part of the new humanity that only Jesus can create. It begins in a very simple place, by acknowledging to God that your heart needs to be changed, that you can't fix what's going on inside of you by yourself. You know that stuff that eats away at us like bitterness, like racism, like unforgiveness, anger, Pride, arrogance, jealousy, envy, that stuff that eats away at us. And you know that you've tried to change it and get at it, but only Jesus can heal what's broken in our hearts. And right now, if you're ready to let Jesus step into your soul, into your life, and to take out your old heart and give you a new heart, to change you from the inside out, to fill you with his hope and his love and his faith and his joy in new life. And I want you just right now, wherever you are, to pray with me and to put your life in the Jesus's hands, to give him your life right now. I'm gonna invite you to cross the line of faith with this simple prayer, Jesus, I give you my life. That's it. It's not everything you and God need to talk about. There's some deep conversations you and God are gonna have, but this is where it begins right now. If you're ready to give your life to Jesus, just tell him right now, Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Right now, just tell him, Jesus, I give you my life. This is the beginning. This is how you find God in the middle of all the mess, in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of your confusion. Just trust Him with your life and let Him show you the way into your new future, into a new humanity. Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you've just received, allow it to go deeply into your soul, to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do. And I also want to encourage you to be a part of what we're doing here at Mosaic, to go to the Mosaic app and to become a part of the Mosaic Foundation, to become a regular giver and investor in bringing this message across the world. I want to thank you so much for being here with us. God bless you.